listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. The wrap-up of the 2021 season coming up. Uh, we got our feature guest, Chad Leslie, joining us. He's the assistant general manager. We'll break things down with him. And on our Down the Pipeline segment, we'll have a conversation with uh, prospect Ryland Gould, uh, an exciting and dynamic player from that 2005-born class. And uh, we'll uh, we'll have a conversation with him. Ryan Schweitzer and Swift Current and Craig Boschman out of the WHL hub and Bosch, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the Vegas odds makers would have given the 24 game schedule with seven teams going off without a hitch and no cases, but you guys did it. Wow. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, really proud of the way the guys handled themselves every day. Um, you know, there was a lot of rules and restrictions on what they could and couldn't do and, and all those sorts of things. And, you know, obviously it was tough to, to do it for two months and, see the same guys every single day for, you know, all day long at the rink or at the dorms and eating together and whatnot. But um, I think the guys did a phenomenal job of, of keeping their heads above water and, um, you know, not getting too, too down with the whole situation. So I'm um, really proud of the way the guys handled themselves. And um, I think they enjoyed themselves as best they could get a chance to play. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. Well, yeah, and it certainly seems in in talking over the past few weeks with the guys that were in there, both at the beginning of the hub season and then towards the end, you know, it seems like a majority of the guys really took a, a glass half full approach to the situation. Well, that's just it. I mean, a lot of those guys have friends who who didn't get to play hockey this year because of, you know, restrictions in provinces with junior A leagues and that sort of stuff. So they knew how lucky they were to get a chance to play. Um, and obviously it's not the way they wanted to play. You know, they would have loved to, to play in Swift Current in front of the fans and all that stuff. And it was a bit weird playing in, in empty buildings. Um, you know, I, I became acutely aware of that uh, at certain times during the games, the players on the bench could hear what I was saying when there was no no music playing or anything like that. So it was it was a very different and unique situation and setting. But uh, I do think the guys appreciated the, the chance to play 24 games and, you know, make the best of it as they could. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, doing play by play in empty ballparks. I can relate to that, too, when the guy's at bat and he can hear you talking about things and, and everything. So any situations where they're like, hey, we really liked your goal call on that goal or anything like that? Well, I was laughing at the last game because um, Max Paddock made that ridiculous save on Farron at the end of the first period. And, you know, the buzzer went, so it was kind of loud at that point. But then the buzzer stopped and there was no music playing. And, and that game, I was positioned right behind the Raider bench. So I'm standing there screaming my head off about the save. And I see half the bench of the Raiders players turn up and look at me as I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. So that was uh, that was pretty funny. And um, there was that big delay in the second period, too. And unfortunately, they put me on the Jumbotron for about a minute. And I looked down towards the Bronco bench and the guys were laughing and pointing up at the Jumbotron. And I saw Jordan Borchuk turn and wave at me. So I waved at him back. So it was uh, it was a very a very unique uh, season, and it was uh, it was enjoyable and uh, and unforgettable to say the least. Yeah, it, it certainly was, and uh, certainly enjoyed watching all twenty four games on the webcast this year. Kudos to the production team and the WHL hub for for giving us some access to inside that facility. Uh, you know that was a lot of fun following that. Um, you know, with the end of the season, everybody went their separate ways. And, uh, you know, that means we say goodbye to three graduating players. It would have been nice to, to get them their standing ovation at the Innovation Credit Union IPLEX, but uh, not the way it's going to shake out this year. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about your experiences, both watching them play and, and off the ice with our three graduating 20-year-olds. You know, Michael Farron, he's a guy that... Uh, you know, I think fans in Swift Current would have loved going to the rink to watch play. He just really seemed to have some tenacity and some energy out there. 
Yeah, he's just a guy who cares. Um, he's a guy who just wanted to win every game, um, you know, and, and obviously getting a chance to play top line minutes for, you know, probably the first time in his career. Um, and he, he flourished. I mean, he was almost a point per game player, um, which is more than like twice as much as he'd ever done before. So um, he was given an opportunity to shine and and he did that on the ice. And then, of course, helping the guys transition off the ice too. Um, you know, a guy who had four full seasons under his belt coming in and with so many rookies on the Broncos roster, um, he played a, an integral role in helping them make that adjustment to, you know, the rigors of the Western Hockey League. So um, I, I think a lot of credit goes out to, to Michael for for sticking with it and, and being a mentor, um, which is probably not something he's, he's had to be, uh, you know, a situation he's not had to done very often because he's been on, you know, teams like Kelowna who have had a lot of veteran players in Saskatoon where he was a young guy. So um, for him to step into that role as a leader, uh, he did an outstanding job and uh, the honest results also spoke for themselves. And he's a guy as well, you know, you touched on that near point to game performance. His last game in the Western League, he gets three assists and leapfrogs Matt Ward for team lead in uh, scoring. Was there any kind of joking back and forth with uh, with Farron finishing off as the, the leading scorer for the season, just edging out Ward in that final game? Not that I heard of. No, he should have had a goal in that game, too. I just mentioned that save that Paddock made on him in the, in the first period there. So uh, I, I don't think there was much, um, you know, at least – outward competition for for the scoring lead but I'm you know there might have been some talk about it uh, amongst the guys themselves afterwards but um, you know I think it's cool the fact that those two were line mates for most of the season and you know a couple of BC guys and you got a veteran guy leading the way and a you know the young up-and-coming uh, you know first round pick for the Broncos right behind him so uh, that, that bodes well for for the future of the team and also just for Michael to finish off his season as a, as a high-end scorer. Yeah, just uh, just prior to the the hub season being started, we had a good conversation with Owen Williams, a 20 year old who, uh, you know, he graduates as a member of the Swift Current Broncos, having never played in front of Swift Current fans, you know, a, a, as a member of the Broncos it, it, on the ice, you know, a, a stable presence on defense with some offensive upside, you know, you know, talk about what he brought to the table. Yeah, what a what a pickup, um, you know, waiver wire grab from the Seattle Thunderbirds, who, who I think only carried one 20 year old this year, if any. So they wanted to, to have a full-on youth movement in Seattle, and, and it was a lot of the same in Swift Current, but you still need a couple of guys to, to help out. So, you know, you grab a guy who finishes with over 200 games of, of Western League experience and, um, you know, playing probably 25 minutes a night, so I would, I would guess, on average for, for Owen to finish things off. And the offensive production was the best he'd ever had uh, points per game-wise. And, uh, and again, I think what he did off the ice was more important. Um, you know, he was sitting with Brady Bernie basically every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, they were always joking around and then he played with Owen Pickering basically all season. So you got, you know, the veteran guy helping the young guy kind of make that adjustment to the league. So um, I think he was uh, a very welcome addition to the team, um, both for what he was able to do on the ice and helping the team get some wins and and more so what he did off the ice to help these guys get ready for hopefully uh, long Western League careers with the Broncos. Yeah. And the, uh, the third 20 year old who graduated, you know, a guy, you, you couldn't get much more of a, a swift current Bronco type player than uh, Caleb Bullich prior to going into the, the hub. I understand Caleb and his brother, Aiden, they, they worked on an oil rig and we would have loved to get Caleb as a guest today, but he's doing some farm work. Yeah. Yeah. I texted him. Manual labor, Caleb Bullich. Well, exactly. I mean, he and Aiden grew up on the farm out there in Foam Lake. And, and like you said, I texted Caleb and asked if he could, jump on quickly here today. And then he said, ah, can we push it to Monday? I'm, I'm, I'm doing some farm work right now. So I'm, I'm back in Yorkton on Monday is what he said. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, he's got that, that small town Saskatchewan, you know, lifestyle and um, you know, the big physical defenseman who, who loved to skate. And I think, like you said, Broncos fans can't ask for much more than that. So 
Um, and, and what they they wouldn't have seen is just the fact that he's so it was pretty easy going off the ice. Um, you know, certainly one of the guys uh, who will crack the most jokes and make the guys laugh the most. So, um, you know, a very laid back guy who uh, played a lot of minutes and he was up probably in that 25 minute range too all season long and, um, you know, never looked like he was overly gassed out there on the ice. So um, a guy who let his, his skating carry him through, you know, almost 250 games in the Western Hockey League and got to within one goal of a elite championship with Vancouver a couple of years ago. So um, he was uh, a big addition for the team to help out again with that youth movement. And the fact that he was able to eat up so much ice time and then kind of take the, the, the weight of the, a lot of the pressure off the young guy's shoulders as well to, to help out and, and great for him to finish things off playing alongside his brother too. I don't think there's a lot of guys that can say that uh, in, in junior hockey. So a cool moment for him, a cool moment for the family. And uh, he was a great pickup for the team last season. Yeah, and going forward, we uh, we hope to have a chat with all three of those graduating players uh, on the Broncos This Week podcast over the next few weeks. Uh, we got, uh, we're going to go down the pipeline in just a moment. Our guest is uh, 05 prospect Rylan Gould. Our feature guest, Assistant General Manager Chad Leslie. We'll have that chat coming up in the next little bit here. Uh, before we get to that, though, there's still an opportunity for fans to win some cash as the Canadian Tire 50-50 is in its final week. Uh, the deadline is going to be this Sunday night. And uh, yeah, make sure and visit the Swift Curve Broncos website site scbroncos.com there's a great big canadian tire 50 50 banner there you can purchase your tickets online uh, anyone in the great province of saskatchewan in the 306 can pick up tickets so we urge you to point your browser at scbroncos.com support the team and uh, have a chance to win some cash and get that 50 50 jackpot nice and chubby all right coming up in just a moment it's time to go down the pipeline brought to you by crescent point rylan gould standing by this is broncos this week it's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Welcome to the Broncos This Week podcast. It's time to go down the pipeline, brought to you by Crescent Point. We're going to go down the pipeline to Headingley, Manitoba, to the Gould residence. Rylan Gould joining us, uh, 2005 born forward. Uh, Rylan, how's, uh, how's things today in sunny Manitoba, man? Uh, things are going great. Been I've uh, been training a bit. Looking forward to August. It's coming soon. Still in school. Going uh, going twice a week. It's been it's been going pretty good. What has the past little while looked like for you? Because obviously your season, you only got two games, unfortunately. But uh, after the season was kind of shut down, what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself ready to go? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been going to the gym a lot. Been working out around six days a week and uh, just trying to get in better shape and get myself prepared because. Now playing against bigger, stronger guys every every single day, um, moving forward. So just trying to trying to stay ready and uh, get myself prepared. You know, just before we started recording this chat, we were talking about Headingley, Manitoba. That's your hometown, which is just outside of Winnipeg. And when I think of Headingley, the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, the nearby correctional institution that's there. Uh, you know, uh, you, you got any Headingley stories for us, just to kind of paint a picture of what life is like there? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely it's different. It's it's just outside the city, so it's uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of like the city, but just a bit more a bit more country to it. Uh, there's a lot of field, and um, no the the institute, like you're saying, the day that uh, that the prisoner actually broke out our uh, back door, didn't have a lock on it, so that was definitely an interesting day, but um. No, it's uh, you kind of know everybody in Headingley, and it's uh, it's pretty nice. It's it's a little bit smaller than Winnipeg, well, a lot smaller, but uh, oh, it's great. 
Well, speaking of interesting days, I wanted to ask you about draft day uh, back in, in May of last year. Obviously, you ended up getting uh, picked 42nd overall by Swift Current. Then just kind of wondering what that day was like for you. Obviously, it was something you were looking forward to for a long time. So can you kind of take us through what that day was like? Yeah, I know it was, uh, it was definitely exciting. Um, looking forward to the draft for a while, talking with everybody. It was definitely a cool experience with the whole year and everything. And uh, the night before, just kind of nervous, laying in your bed, like, is this actually happening? And then um, wake up the next morning, ha have a shower, just kind of butterflies in the stomach watching, like, the draft pregame or whatever that was. But, um, no, it was awesome. I had my family with me, and uh, two of my brother's buddies were actually over, too, which was kind of nice just to get see new people. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hooked it up to the TV and uh, sat there with my family. First round was kind of a long time, but uh, no, it was pretty cool watching it. Then when my name popped up, all the nerves and everything just went away and it was just pure excitement. It was awesome. Uh, that's awesome. That's a, uh, that's a great breakdown of the day, man. Uh, you know, you're, you're a Manitoba kid as we touched on a second ago and uh, you know, the two Oh four has been pretty good to the Broncos. Uh, are there, are there guys on the list and guys on the roster that you're already familiar with? Yeah. Um, before Josh Philman actually went out there, I skated with him a bit and uh it was it was really nice just knowing that uh, knowing that I'm gonna know a couple people out there. So I skated with him. I also skated with Carson King uh, right before they uh, they went out there. But it was pretty good. I'm I've I've kept in touch with a couple guys. Some like Carter Mahalmandares, though three. I've been talking to him with a, a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's it's nice skating with them. They're really good players and really nice people. One guy that you're very familiar with is another 2005-born uh, draft pick for the Broncos and Grayson Brzezinski because you guys were teammates on your draft year as well. So you were probably still celebrating getting drafted 42nd overall, and then he goes two picks later at 44. Uh, what kind of a moment was that like? Well, it was pretty funny because I saw 42 and 44, right? So I'm watching, got, saw my name. I'm very excited. Go kind of hugs all around. And then um, the 43rd overall pick went. So then I'm like, okay, hey, well, now let's like let's see who's coming with me and then Grayson's name popped up and him and I kind of talked about like oh what if we go to the same team like I hope we do and I mean obviously there's so many picks there's so many things that could happen we're like oh probably not gonna happen right and then it actually did happen I was like holy like kind of just looked at my dad and then um gave him a call right away and he was so nervous like before the draft and everything um gave him a call and he's like what just happened like we're going to the same team but uh no it's he's a great guy it's awesome Right on. Uh, over the past uh, couple months, uh, did, did you spend any time watching your, your future team, the Swift Current Broncos, and maybe thinking how you could fit into that lineup? Yeah, to be honest with you, I watched almost every game. I uh, just kind of sat there with my dad because he's very interested with it too. And uh, um, just kind of texting some of the guys after saying, like, thought that they played great and everything. And it's really exciting having such a young core and still doing, still doing good in the bubble and uh, just seeing what we could do in the future. And uh, I, think, I think that I could hopefully, hopefully fit really nice um, with the Broncos and uh, bring something to the team. Well, and speaking of, I just kind of wanted to know what sort of player you would describe yourself as. I mean, in your draft year, you put up some big-time numbers with 86 points in the regular season and then 20 in just 10 playoff games. So, um, you know, how would you describe yourself as a, as a player? Um, I'm, I would describe myself as a playmaker. I'm always trying to make the right play. I'm a... I'm an offensive threat. Um, I'm also kind of proud of myself with some defense and uh, blocking shots, staying low, supporting. Um, I can play on the penalty kill and the power play and just trying to 
be an all-around great player and a great teammate. And, uh, no, I think it just bring a lot of offense and bring a lot of excitement and uh, just fit right in. Yeah, you know, uh, prior to us talking to you, we were having a chat with Assistant General Manager Chad Leslie, who I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. And the, the word that he used to describe you was fireball. You know, what do you think it is about your game that, that led him to, to that assessment, to that description? Uh, well, I mean, Chad, Chad said that he came and watched me a lot and he's, uh, he's been really great through everything so far. And, uh, I think, I think what he's meaning is uh, like, I could, I could fire, fire up the game at any given moment. I could block a shot. I could lay a hit. I finished my checks. I could score big goals. There's, in my opinion, there's not too big of a moment. I, I kind of live for the great moments and, uh, the bigger the moment, I think the bigger I play and, uh, I think that's what he means. You're also a leader too, because you were the leader or the captain, excuse me, on your uh, your team in your draft year. Um, why do you think the coaches wanted you to be captain? And in your mind, what do you think makes a great captain? Um, I think that just, I mean, I think why they wanted me to be the captain that year, it was just um, day one in camp. I was just trying to lead by example on and off the ice, uh, making sure that the boys were ready on time, making sure that they're focused in the room and, uh, just kind of keeping it loose as well because our second year team, we were really close. We were awesome. Like we, we just really enjoyed playing with each other and we enjoyed like being together as a team. We were almost like a family and we did a lot of team bonding stuff. And uh, no, I think that they wanted me to be captain because I was always trying to make sure that everything was going good in the room, make sure that everything was going good on the ice and just always trying to lead by example and staying vocal. How's, uh, how's staying active, you know, during the pandemic and during restrictions and everything? What, what kind of things are you doing to, to stay in shape? Uh, it's, been, it's been definitely weird. The ice plex is closed right now. Uh, well, not the ice plex, like the gym upstairs because of the moose. Um, they're playing out of the ice plex this year in the AHL, and they get, the, they get the workout facility up there. So normally in the summer, I'm working out there. But uh, I've actually been going, <laughs> been going to the YMCA and uh, – with my dad, he's been he's been great. He's been helping me out uh, with uh, lifting weights and getting stronger. And then uh, headingly, it's actually it's actually nice running out here. So I go for a lot of runs in the morning or after my workout, just trying to be be um stay active, uh, stay healthy, and just watching what I eat because uh, August is coming sooner than I think. And I just I'm going there and planning to stay. I don't I don't really want to come back home. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Well, and speaking of training camp, obviously it'll be the first time you skated in a Western League camp because they didn't have one this year, unfortunately. So, um, you know, when it comes to making your way out to Swift Current, uh, what sorts of things are you looking forward to most about uh, getting out there? Uh, just looking forward to seeing uh, seeing where the future is going to be and uh, just seeing the, my team, my future teammates and um, kind of meeting the coaching staff and everyone that's been uh, helping me along the way because, uh, like, without Swift Current picking me, there's really – there's nothing – that I'd like be doing right. I wouldn't be going to a different team or anything. So um, just meeting everybody and like getting a different scenery because I mean, it's been heading my whole life. So uh, just seeing something new, it'll be pretty cool. And just going in there with, uh, with attitude to not come home because uh, I really want to make that team. Right on. You know, what are some of the things that, uh, that you're into away from hockey? You know, are you, are you the man at Call of Duty? Do you play a musical instrument? Like what, uh, when you're not training or on the ice, what are you doing? Oh, uh, well, I mean, without the pandemic, usually just going to 
hang out with my buddies because uh, on like in Headingley, like I said, you kind of know everybody. So I'm friends with a lot of people that are just walking distance. So I uh, usually do that. But no, I've been playing. Uh, I'm playing a little Call of Duty, a little NHL, but um. No, I'm not the biggest gamer in the world, if I'm being completely honest. I I, I just kind of like playing sports, whether it's like throwing a football, um, kicking a soccer ball, and uh, just kind of always staying active. That's uh, how I kind of pass my time. But, uh, no, I definitely like some video games. Kind of wondering about how closely you followed the Western Hockey League before you got drafted. Obviously, there hasn't been a WHL team in Winnipeg, uh, you know, before the last couple of seasons. So, were you a WHL fan before this, or was it kind of something that just became uh, to the forefront for you just a couple of years ago? Uh, honestly, just kind of recently, um, like you said, a couple of years ago, just started following it. I think it was uh, my first year AAA, so even when I was 13, um, our coach came up to me. He's like, hey, Ron, you just got on this list. And I was like, kind of like, oh, like, what's the list for? He's like, oh, the, like, the WHL draft, there's all these lists and stuff that don't necessarily matter until the day of right but um so it was pretty cool I was I was more of like a NCAA like looking at that because I mean obviously Winnipeg's pretty close to North Dakota so you know you go watch a couple of those games and then in when I was in Duluth I watched a Minnesota Duluth game but um as the draft came closer and as I kept playing it became pretty clear that I wanted to play in the Western Hockey League and uh I kind of became a fan when I was 13. Yeah, and you, uh, you're a signed prospect of the Swift Current Broncos. You chose to put ink to paper and sign that WHL standard player agreement. Uh, you know, what was that day like for you? Oh, it was, brought me kind of back to draft day. It was exciting. Um, draft day came, and, uh, you know, it's like I'm a Bronco, and then kind of kind of dry for a bit, and then uh, they ask you to sign the contract. And, uh, no, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. And uh, with my family and everything, it was definitely a really big moment. And it's just kind of more motivation to make that team because now it's now you're there because once you uh, once you get picked, you're just a part of the organization. And then once you sign, you just become more important. And uh, no, it was definitely really cool. Just kind of wondering how you felt, uh, you know, after you signed. And, then, of course, Brady Bernie, the first-round pick signed as well. And a bunch of guys signed after you, including Brzezinski, you know, Liam Saxberg, Joey Rocha. You know, when you see all these guys start signing and knowing that uh, they're going to be teammates years of the future, it, it probably just makes you more excited to, to get over Swift Current. Yeah, no, it's definitely really cool. I think our I think our young core is going to be awesome. Uh, I think that in the future we're going to be a really, really good team with everybody coming up. I know, I know Grayson's going to bring a lot to the table. Same with Liam. Um, I saw Brady Bernie play a couple times this year. He looked great. Um, haven't really seen Rocha, but I mean, I think, I think that everybody in this organization, um, all has the same goal in mind of, of winning. And I think that that's really good. And I think that we're going to be, um, moving forward, a really good team. Have you, uh, have you and your family done much research about Swift Current? Uh, what do you know about the city? Uh, going to be honest with you, we, we did a little bit, don't know much. Um, no, it's uh, really not the biggest, um, like a population of some like 16,000. But um, honestly, it's really cool. I, uh, I think that it'll kind of make it a bit better where uh, it's almost like a Headingley aspect because Headingley is not the biggest either and kind of how like everybody knows each other. But I um, haven't done much research, but I know that it's uh, – from some of the guys that I've talked to, uh, they have nothing but good things to say about the city. 
Well, Rylan, we really appreciate you taking time to uh, to have a chat with us today, and uh, you know, best of luck this fall at uh, at your first Western Hockey League training camp. Looking forward to working with you more over the next few years, man. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. You're listening to Broncos this week, presented by Original Sixteen, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16 and our feature guest, uh, Assistant General Manager Chad Leslie from his home in Brandon, Manitoba. Chad, uh, first time really interviewing you in any of our uh, Bronco media outlets here. And, uh, you know, we'll take the chance to get to know you a little bit before we break down the 21 uh, season. Um, first off, uh, you know, your, your hockey resume shows some previous experience with Saskatoon. So I assume there was maybe a bit of a Dean Brockman connection that brought you, uh, brought you into the Bronco organization. Yeah, um, I was a, a mental regional scout for Saskatoon um, and then obviously got to know Dean there. I knew Dean previously when I was working in the SJHL as an assistant coach uh, for the Esteban Bruins and then an interim head coach as well. And um, so, yeah, I've had some familiarity with Dean uh, throughout the years. Now, for people who might not know what the ins and outs of an assistant GM does on a daily basis, uh, what is sort of the, the day-to-day operations for someone in a position like yours? Yeah, you know what, I'm just uh, honestly getting into the role and and that sort of thing. So for me, just, uh, you know, looking after our prospects, uh, looking after our scouting group um, and then being familiar with the league and and the players within the league and seeing where we stack up and who might be available at some point and just kind of, you know, getting to know the league and, and the surroundings. So. With every guest we have, it's always a deep dive into their elite prospects page. And, uh, you know, I, I see that you had a playing career in the mid-90s uh, of Junior A that, that I imagine had a few stories. Uh, you know, Labrette and Flin Flon in the same year, you know. What was, uh, you know, Labrette, just a small town lakeside there, beautiful part of the world. But, uh, you know, what are, what are some of the memories you have playing there? Yeah, it was, it was a great community. Uh, um, you know, obviously when you're driving down there in the fall and Capel is a beautiful area of uh, the province and uh, they took me in, they were really great to me. Uh, I really enjoyed the culture there and, and uh, we had a really strong team. We had, I believe 13 or 14, 20 year olds that year. So, um, you know, it was certainly tough to break in and, and get some playing time, but uh, we had a lot of really good leadership and older guys that, uh, were terrific to us and yeah it was it was an interesting experience for sure it was terrific I really enjoyed it so what would fan support be like for uh for a Labrette Eagles game because uh, I've, I've heard about the fabled Eagle Dome what, what what was that like yeah it was terrific um you know we had fantastic fan support and um you know I'm not exactly sure attendance wise what that rank held but uh, it was always full um, you know, they were terrific fans. Uh, you know, we lived in dorms across the road from the rink there and at the residential school. And we had so many fans stop in and drop off food and, and take us out to supper and stuff like that. So the community Labrette, uh, I can't say enough about it. It was a fantastic experience for sure. And the, the rink was intimidating for sure. Um, it was a small barn and, um, you know, the teams Labrette had really good teams. So it was a tough place to go in and play. I did one year in the SJHL with the Battlefords North Stars a couple of years ago, and going into Flynn Fun was always a bit of a different experience. I can remember one game where the Bombers scored, somebody threw a cast iron skillet onto the ice randomly. So uh, you got to play there for about a year and a half. Uh, I mean, Flynn Fun is kind of a, you know, when it comes to junior A hockey in, uh, you know, central Canada, it's, uh, it's one of the, the higher end places, isn't it? Well, it's pretty neat to, to say that you played for the Bombers and obviously the history there. And you walk around the rink and you see all the pitchers and, you know, the Whitney Forum is, you know, one of my favorite rinks uh, that I've ever been in. So 
um, it was an experience again, another great experience. And uh, when you're up north there, you know, you, we had a really close team. Um, you know, you, you have, you're limited to what you can do, uh, obviously up there. So uh, you get really close with your teammates and, and I really enjoyed my time up there for sure. Yeah. And then in your final year of uh, junior, you ended up playing in uh, Estevan with the Bruins late nineties there. Uh, what was the Estevan experience like? Yeah, the Estevan experience was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I had a deep connection to it. Uh, my uncle played for the Bruins and then my older brother played for them as well. And after I was gone, two of my cousins uh, played there as well. So yeah, I had a you know connection there for sure that uh, was neat going there as an eight and nine year old watching my brother play and and then getting to finish off there and play and have family in Lantman with my uncle Gerald uh, close by. It was a, it was a great experience as well. And then having an opportunity to go back and, and coach there and be a part of it in a different uh, facet and, um, you know, being on the bench for the last game played in the civic, it's a pretty, pretty neat thing for me, for sure. Pretty special. And before we get into the management side of things, you went back for a year of uh, college at the university of Brandon and then, uh, one year in the Lake Charles Ice Pirates organization, and I think that's, uh, if Google is correct, the Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, playing professional hockey down there must have been uh, a very unique experience as well. Yeah, it was. It was It was a really neat experience for sure. I didn't have much of a playing career. I wasn't much of a player, but, uh, you know, for me to be able to go down there and experience it and uh, Troy Kennedy give me an opportunity to head down there and, and see what it was all about, uh, I appreciate it. It was something that... Uh, you can look back on uh, fondly and had that experience, but uh, I knew that I wasn't going to make a living playing the game. That's for sure. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, looking at your resume, you've done okay on the uh, hockey ops side of things, you know, uh, an assistant coach with Estevan, uh, you know, different positions in Verdon and then, uh, you know, some, some time in Saskatoon as a scout there before moving on here and taking on that director of scouting role and now assistant GM, uh, you know, for, from your perspective, Chad, uh, the season had just wrapped up uh, it's it's an anomaly of a year, 24 games in a hub. But, uh, you know, what what's your assessment of where this uh, organization is at from an on ice perspective? Yeah, you know, obviously um, it was a, a really uh, we're fortunate that we were able to have some semblance of a season just because, uh, you know, when we first got involved in Swift Current, uh, our 16 year olds were our first draft class. So, um, you know, I feel very grateful that we were able to get something in the books for sure. And see where we are at uh, in regards with uh, all the other teams and their young players. So, um, you know, we feel positive about the direction that we're going in for sure. Um, I'm proud of our group. Um, our older guys uh, gave us all they had. They played extremely hard and, and um, you know, it's a, I wasn't in the hub, obviously Craig can speak to it. I, I certainly can't, but uh, the challenges that come with it and being in there and playing every other day pretty much and, and uh, being in a different atmosphere and, and, you know, um, I, I think for sure our guys handled it very well. Um, obviously, we you know wins and losses. If you look at the result of it, uh, you might think it wasn't a successful uh, endeavor for us. But for us, I mean, the process right now is more important than results. So um, you know, we thought a lot of guys took some steps forward and got comfortable in the league, and and it gives our team the ability to hit the ground running next year a little bit more than we would have if we didn't have a season. So um, from our perspective we're, we're very grateful we were able to have one well and you mentioned the the 04 draft class being the first draft class that you were involved in with the broncos so to see a lot of those guys make that jump to the team full-time this past year and you know see them fit out fit in well and uh, have those up and downs over the course of this 24 game season just kind of wondering how rewarding it is for you to see these guys step in and become players that uh, you're hoping to see when you draft for them two years ago 
Yeah, you know, obviously you get to know the families as well and, and get to know the kids on a personal level. So to to see them come in and have some success and get their feet wet and start to, you know, mature as a player, but mature as a person too. I think over the course of the 24 games and in the hub, I think, you know, some kids uh, had an opportunity to grow up in short order there too. So um, it's it was rewarding for sure, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do, um, obviously, that uh, we're going in the right direction, but, uh, you know, for sure we're not satisfied with where we're at and in the process we just need to continue to work hard and get better on a daily basis and, and see where it takes us for sure. So in these unprecedented times, what's it like for a director of scouting and hockey when there, there isn't much hockey being played? <laughs> like, you know what, what's, what, I sound like, you know, a, a boss trying to do an assessment here, but, but how are you filling up your days these days? Yeah. You know, obviously, um, you know, we feel very fortunate uh, that we have uh, things like Instat and that, so we can get on and watch a lot of online hockey and, and watch players and the, you know, the U 18s going on down in Texas right now. So that gives uh, me an opportunity to watch all those games and do some evaluations. Obviously it's not uh, the same, not being there, but uh, for sure um, we're able to, to do some scouting online and, and our group has done a really good job with uh, doing some online scouting of the sports school league and any other leagues that we were able to watch with our 06s and 07s coming into the fold here for the two drafts coming up. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, online scouting has enabled us to, to fill our days for sure. And, and then obviously for me, it's just filled with uh, evaluating our team, evaluating where we're at in the process, evaluating drafts. You know, I mean, uh, we have to go through everything with a fine tooth comb if we want to, you know, uh, we're, we're the last dog at the bowl right now. We have to work hard to, to get better. So. Well, and speaking of the 06s, obviously that draft has been pushed back until December so that scouts like yourself can have a chance to watch these guys play uh, hopefully in the fall. But it's exciting times as well. I mean, we saw the the 04 guys coming in this year. You know, we're going to have some 05 guys coming in this uh, this upcoming season. And then the Broncos with two first-round picks uh, coming up for the, the 2006 born draft as well. So it is exciting times for, for a guy like you who gets a chance to watch these guys and then picture them as uh, future Broncos. Yeah, I think for us as a group, the most exciting part of it is that we have our own first round pick back now. And and so that gives us an opportunity to draft in an area where we haven't done that before. So um, I think the 06 draft is a good draft. And and there are some players there for sure that we're targeting. And, and you know, we feel very comfortable now that we have an 04 and 05 draft class that you can you know, piece together some semblance of what a roster might look like down the road and you can fill some needs and, and, and make some picks based on that for sure. But, uh, you know, I think it's really going to be neat um, with, uh, you know, we come back and have our draft in December and then our normal draft in May again. And then all of a sudden in fall camp, you know, the last camp we had in Swift Current, we had one draft class and now, you know, you go to that camp and you have four. So for us, like fall camp is uh, going to drastically look different and, and, um, you know, yeah, that's the exciting part for me is that uh, where we're at in the process and what this next year looks like, it's, it's going to be some dramatic changes. So, Have you heard anything, uh, and, and maybe it's nothing you can speak to due to confidentiality and nothing being finalized, but, but the format of the draft, uh, is it going to be standings-based, lottery-based, uh, a little bit of both, uh, and any idea how this, this upcoming draft with the 06 class will look? Yeah, you know, that's still, uh, you know, uh, the framework is in place, but there's still some fine details to iron out here. So certainly I'm not going to comment on that at that point, just because uh, we still have some things to iron out with that for sure. 
you know, the 04 class, you got to see, uh, you, they got a lot of ice time. I mean, Owen Pickering, he stands out as someone who, who maybe the initial plan wasn't to use him as much as you did, but, uh, you know, he, he seems like a young guy who, who certainly stood out. Uh, you know, what, what can you say uh, again? You know, you touched on it briefly, but can you elaborate a little bit on, on what you thought of the performance of the 04s in general? Yeah, I mean, um, we're happy. I mean, you know, we're cautiously optimistic. They did a really good job. Certainly, you know, in our situation, you know, we have to bear in mind that uh, R04s, uh, you know, probably had uh, greater opportunities for ice time in situations than, you know, a lot of the O4s and other teams for sure. But, uh, you know, they they were the difference for us in a lot of nights and, and gave us a lot of energy and, and complimented our older guys. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't want to steal any of the older guys' thunder because when you look at the contributions that, you know, the guys made, I'm not even going to single out any of them, but we had uh, terrific contributions from our older group for sure. So, you know, I, I think that uh, our O4s got a taste of how hard they have to work and how hard it is to play in the league. It's certainly not a 16 and 17 year old league. So, um, but I think they fared very well. Um, you know, they're, they're intelligent guys. They're, you know, you look at Matt Ward, he thinks his way around the rink. He's a really intelligent player and he's, competitive and, and does a lot of really good things. And then you look at Josh Philman, you know, Josh is a really intelligent player and he's got a good frame and good feet and good mobility and he can do things with his feet moving. And, you know, we're excited about potentially where Josh can take it. And, and then, you know, obviously Josh Davies, um, you know, he's a powerful, powerful kid. He shoots the puck extremely well. He's got some explosive speed and, and physically, I mean, a lot of people tested him in there, I think, physically, and he's certainly uh, capable of playing that way as well. So we're excited about that. And yeah, and then obviously Owen, um, Owen obviously had to play every game and had to, to play a lot of minutes just because of our situation with losing three defensemen in the hub early on. Certainly, I don't think he was... Uh, uh, under the impression he was going to get that much of an opportunity, but he handled it very well. He's intelligent. He's got good individual skill and, and he's inquisitive. He wants to get better all the time. And so he handled himself very well. Um, you know, obviously Reed Dick, I thought, the, you know, the more uh, starts he got, the more comfortable he got. Um, we're excited about Reed. He's a you know phenomenal kid and going to be a really good player. And then you know, to get Carson King in there too. Uh, obviously, we had to bring him in on an emergency basis. He's played a little defense in his past. So uh, to bring him in and obviously to get some uh, a game in and get some shifts under his belt, uh, you know, I'm very happy for Carson. He's an intelligent guy, a big, strong guy. And so, you know, they, they, fared, they fared well. I thought they handled themselves very well. But uh, obviously, like we said, it's, it's certainly not a 16- and 17-year-old league. So uh, valuable uh, experience for all those guys. Yeah, you mentioned how these kids obviously play on the ice, Chad, but I think a lot of it uh, scouting-wise goes into how they carry themselves off the ice. And so when you're, you know, looking into drafting a kid as well, there's a lot of research that goes into talking to, you know, parents and, and teachers and just kind of way that they carry themselves away from the rink too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and in, in our mentality moving forward in Swift Current, obviously, is it's a small community and, you know, we have to bring, you know, good players in, but we have to bring great people in too and good families and, and so that's what we really try to target when we're drafting these guys and, and the amount of work that goes into it. Uh, you know, the teams that have drafted well for years and years and years, you just, you know, you, you tip your cap to them for sure, because there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, background checks and, and seeing what you see as a player and projecting what they're going to be. So the family aspect of it is extremely important to us for sure. Um, you know, we need these guys to, to form, uh, you know, our core group that's going to go forward and, 
and to do that, it's a heavy load. You need really good people to do it. So, you know, we try our best to make sure we know what we're getting before we bring them in. So. Hey, Chad, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I know it's a busy time wrapping up the season and everything, and uh, we really appreciate you taking a, a little bit of time to chat with us here on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks to you guys uh, for having me on, and great job uh, with uh, what you guys have been doing. Uh, appreciate everything. So, Well, looking forward to potentially having our next conversation in person with a few less restrictions in the world, but uh, time will tell on that. In the meantime, uh, Chad, thanks again. This is the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Hey, a big thank you to Chad Leslie, Assistant General Manager, being our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast. And uh, before that, a player that Chad Leslie described to us as a fireball on the ice, Rylan Gould. Very much looking forward to seeing him in Swift Current Bronco colors in the new in the not too distant future. Ryan Schweitzer uh, in Swift Current here, Craig Boschman out of the hub. How was, uh, how was the first day of quote unquote freedom for you after uh, getting out of the Regina hub there? Well, I will tell you there was uh, you know, a, a McDonald's across the street from Luther college that uh, was, was teasing us every time we drive by and go to the rink. And uh, the coffee I got from there Thursday morning was maybe the best coffee I've ever had uh, on the way back to Swift Current. So uh, it did feel a bit weird to, to be walking out and head to my car and, jump in and be able to go, uh, you know, anywhere I wanted. Essentially, it was kind of a, a strange feeling, but uh, it was good. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to get a chance to go in there and then hang out with the team for the last two months and kind of see everything up close and, and see how it all broke down. So it was uh, an enjoyable experience and uh, an unforgettable year. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of stories to tell from that season uh, for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go on a bit of a verbal journey here. So bear with me through this one, but have you ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty, you know, Jim Carrey, yes. Morgan Freeman? Yes. and there's the one scene in there where Morgan Freeman, he's, he's, he plays God and he, he's talking about miracles and he talks about, you know, parting your bowl of soup, like the Red Sea, that's a magic trick. That's not a miracle. Miracles are, you know, a single mom getting kids to soccer practice and, you know, that sort of thing. And I would have to say it is a miracle that, that hub season happened, went off without a hitch. You're, you're in Regina where there's variant cases going crazy. You've got a hub with seven teams of teenagers and no cases. Nothing needed to be rescheduled. They, they shift around start times a little bit. But I mean, I, I, and I touched on this off the hop. I don't know what the Vegas odds were of this going off without a hitch, but kudos to you and absolutely everybody involved with the hub because I, I would call it a miracle that that went off without a hitch. Yeah, it's just a testament to, to how dedicated guys were to, to wanting to get a season. And, and, you know, I mentioned how how proud I was of the Broncos players and staff for, for sticking to it and making sure they were following all the rules. But the same goes for the other the other teams that were in there as well. Um, you know, you look around and whenever you, you saw another team walking around, they all had their masks on and, um, you know, they, they stuck together as a group that they were supposed to do so. Um, you know, were they really, really happy it went off without a hitch. Um, there was there was a long time there over the course of the offseason that, you know, I was kind of thinking there wasn't going to be a season at all and, and what was going to happen after that. But, um, you know, when when the word started to come out that there was a hub, a hub scenario being discussed. And, and then when the official word came out, it was it was just relieving and, and exciting. And then, like you said, the fact that it all it all went off and there was no no issues with it um, with regards to COVID. It was uh, it was pretty great to see the fact that these guys got their 24 games and that they were promised and uh, and they took full advantage of it. So kudos to everyone involved. And of course, the University of Regina and Luther College for being so welcoming in their hospitality for, for hosting everybody and, and the Brandt Center and, 
you know, the security of the brand center and the Regina Pats and, and everybody who was involved in trying to set this up and then make sure the guys got their games. in. so it was, uh, it was a great time and uh, very happy that it all, it all went off smoothly. Right on. Well, and it, and it was awesome to have that entertainment, albeit on a tiny computer screen, but uh, it was great to have 24 games of Swift Current Bronco hockey to, to follow along with. So that'll do it for another edition of Broncos this week. We know next week we'll have uh, graduating player Owen Williams as one of our guests on the podcast. So be sure to, to check that out and go to scbroncos.com and make sure and get your Canadian Tire 50-50 tickets. Uh, final jackpot of the season. And the final draw will be made Sunday night. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.